Hello and welcome to Film Inquiries, the latest. This is a podcast series tackling the latest movie news, movie trends, and movie releases. I'm your host, Jesse Nussman. And on the other line, it's Daniel Feingold. Back again. Back yet. I'm back. The box office is back. We've did it. We've. Sorry. Cut that? Yeah. You did good. That's fine. We're, we're this is a Lucy Goosey episode this week. Like if if anyone who doesn't know, there's no there's no real new releases this week. We're sort of in this like week lull period. I guess like technically on Friday, Thursday night, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness comes out. We're going to discuss that movie next week on the podcast. I've seen it already. You have not um but, you know, this weekend kicks off summer movies, and I wanted to have you on because I thought an interesting subject for this week's episode, since there kind of was no major release from last weekend, was to kind of have this kind of like, let's put the thermometer in and take the, the temperature of the industry. And at Newsy, you've been doing a lot of coverage on the box office and kind of what this means for the year in movies. I I want to, I want to get your, your perception of sort of where we are at this moment. Cause the last couple of years on this show, there's been a lot of anxiety about the future of movies, the future of movie going. I feel like maybe it's temporary, but we're in this moment where it seems like the perception of the box office is is pretty well. Like people are maybe not going back in droves to everything, but people are going back to the movies. And I think this is also interesting for us to tie into some of the Netflix drama that happened a couple weeks ago because it also seems like streamers, which it seems like this is the future where everything has go- been going in the last couple of years. Maybe the streaming world is is in a little bit of a, a lull at the moment and maybe now we're seeing some delayed effects of some of the negative aspects of streaming we're, we're roping a lot of big things in today so so i'm just gonna toss the ball to you but basically a big setup for why i'm bringing you back this week i mean no big releases the disrespect for the liam neeson movie just just horrendous which by the way i don't I will- believe it exists at all i mean in did you see the IndieWire review if they couldn't even put like the right still image to the the liam their review of the liam mason movie that's how much that movie doesn't exist you could just pick really any number of like 2010s liam neeson movie poster and just right. throw that in there right but to go off on this tangent just a little bit i suggested a liam neeson hall of fame episode and neither of us could actually get to 10 movies that he would get a hall yeah, of fame for i'm sorry liam you he's great not sure his his resume not a is career great that really warrants a, a like hall of fame because i think the, the parameters we were doing was like we got to hit 10 movies and it's sort of like liam neeson's one of those stars that like he's kind of become more of like a marquee movie star in like the last decade but then you have to do the thing of like is this movie good is this like an iconic performance is people are probably hearing of siren outside my my apartment um but you know he also has a lot of roles where he just like in batman begins or something where he just sort of shows up and like oh hey it's liam neeson or something like that but then you have to think like is this like an iconic liam neeson role or is it just sort of like 
oh hey nice to see Liam Neeson again yeah it'd be it'd be pulling teeth to get to 10 movies um that said to address the the big tent question that we have here it is a little bit of stock up stock stock down uh yeah. with theaters my experience anecdotally just going to the theater the other night on a Tuesday night at a random regal where again there are no wide releases or major releases right now mm-hmm. it was the busiest i have seen it in the entire the entire theater not just like specifically my theater but the entire yeah. building it was the busiest i had seen it since before covid was in our lives mm-hmm. um and that was interesting and then you have a lot of movies that have maybe gone against what our expectations are in terms of the pandemic era sure uh, from spider-man to the batman to sonic the hedgehog 2 to even on a lower scale but still very impressive everything everywhere all at once yes so on top of that the quality of movies i think Mm -hmm regardless of how they're doing at the box office, I still think it is promising to see some of these movies like the Northmen or the unbearable weight of massive talent, not saying it's on the same level as the Northmen or everything Mm -hmm. everywhere all at once, but just different creative original ideas that are hitting theaters direct to theater. Uh, The Batman now streaming also direct to theater. That is IP still did very well. Spider-Man did far better than anyone had expected to be one of the best, one one of the highest grossing movies of all time. Mm -hmm. That was certainly not expected. So I think our worries about the theater industry dying were maybe a little overstated. Um, And while there was certainly plenty of uncertainty of what was going to happen and and the COVID era did speed up the process of, Mm -hmm maybe the theater industry not being kind of the go-to anymore and streaming taking over a little bit faster than it would have. Mm -hmm. I still think there's something to be said about the movie year that we've gotten so far and we're not even at the summer blockbusters yet. And we already have a lot to, there's a lot of different options. There's a lot that's been successful already. I would be surprised or at least disappointed if we didn't see something like the Northmen and everything everywhere all at once, at least in the awards consideration next year, which I think is a change from what we're used to. We're used to seeing Oscar movies being no earlier than late summer. Yeah. So I feel good about where the theater industry is. Uh, I don't think Hollywood ever really needs like a pick me up. I think they're doing just fine, but For theaters, I, I think this is a good sign. And that said, maybe the box office returns for the Northmen or Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent will just make the the studios go, oh, well, we tried again and no one's interested. So let's just in the future not do these movies or make them direct to, you know, direct to streaming or on demand right. and lower the budget. I mean, there certainly have been no short of sort of sacrificial cows that have kind of died or you know grapes that have died at the vine i mean the nicholas cage movie is i i think when you and i talked about it on last week's episode you know i i mentioned that's a tough sell for audiences that's a very high concept movie you know i think a bigger shock is something like 
the Michael Bay movie Ambulance, which did really, really bad and is already after just like a couple weeks is, I think I saw it, it is available just on VOD now. Um, So I think there still is, there's a little bit of still kind of choppiness in the waters in terms of what's landing. I mean, the Batman has kind of been the now that that's on HBO Max um which that sort of seems to be that movie's release seems to be the kind of where direction I think we're going to go in where probably as studios are sort of trying to experiment with theatrical windows and stuff like that movie was basically in theaters for what like 2 months roughly and then it went on HBO Max like that'll pro- some variation of that will probably be the the standard for a lot of these big blockbusters now but that's sort of been the movie that has sort of run the table most of this year and then you know you've had these interesting little pockets like you mentioning i think the success of something like the sonic movie has kind of shown that like families and kids are going back to movies there is um i didn't see what was what was that sandra bullock channing tatum the lost city right which also speaking of channing tatum like that movie he directed about the dog dog also did like solid business and those are theoretically original movies with our sort of marquee movie stars at the center of them and i know one of the big narratives around the sandra bullock one was like oh this is kind of showing that like demographically women are returning to the movies and may be wanting movies that are more sort of marketed towards them. And then you have everything everywhere all at once, which is an interesting case of like, I think we mentioned last year, like the highest per screen average for a movie this year and has basically been doing like, it's a smaller movie, but has been doing great business for a smaller movie and seems to be sort of continuing to hold pretty strong i mean like, like i said it's not rivaling something like the batman movie or some of these big blockbusters but it's been holding on and doing like steadily good business week after week for a very small movie based off of with another like crazy high concept premise but based off of just really strong word of mouth um and maybe this is a chance for us to kind of look towards i think the summer is going to be the big deciding factor because i i sort of share some of your optimism while also being a little bit of a little bit cautious of just sort of like okay we've gotten it it seems like people are returning to movie theaters but now the real test i think is going to be a lot of very expensive movies coming out this summer and Every summer brings its, you know, expensive hits that like run the table on the box office, as well as every summer there, there there's always at least one kind of like big epic failure that audiences do not respond to. I I think the Doctor Strange movie, which seems now that the Batman is sort of behind us, the new Doctor Strange movie seems like the next big thing that general audiences are sort of salivating like the next giant mega blockbuster of the year is coming this weekend i don't think we have to worry about a marvel movie making money i'm sure it'll make a ton of money um but kind of looking forward to the summer and even somewhat and then we can kind of go beyond to the rest of the year and tie this a little bit into 
there is the CinemaCon convention recently where all the studios sort of rounded up the heads of the theater industry and did this big convention in Las Vegas, which they, they always do this, but it was more notable this year of studios really trying to make the case to theater owners of like, no, no, don't worry. We're going to, we're going to save your business. We're going to bring people back. I, you know, most humorously Warner brothers, you could really tell in the, like some of the reporting I saw of like their day of presentations were very much like, you know, the, the, the South park BP episode where the, the head of BP is just like, we're sorry. We're sorry. Like that, that was basically Warner brothers because of their, the controversy of the day and date release that they did last year. Um, yeah, I don't know. A long, another long buildup, but like, what, what are your sort of your predictions for sort of as we enter the summer of like, do you, what movies do you think are going to continue to do well based off what's done well so far? Are there any that you're kind of looking out on the horizon that you're like, I, I don't know what the prospects are for this one. Well, I would caution you, you reference this. I would caution against everyone freaking out when there is a huge flop because mm-hmm. we do get one of those or two of those every year. And that yeah. is completely normal. Um, Some summers have more of them than others, but I feel like th- there's always at least one that is like a big like money loser for a studio people seem very excited for top gun maverick i'm not particularly worried about that one especially because of how long it does it gives me a little bit of no time to die vibes where i was a little worried about that of how long they waited yeah and then it got released and did it do as well as probably it would have without a pandemic no No, but 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 it still still did did yeah still did well i don't think they were regretting holding on to it and i I don't think i i feel like this will be the same thing with top gun maverick will it do obscene numbers yeah it may come in a little bit less than expected but i still think it it will have been worth it for the studio and they will be pleased ultimately and we'll probably get another one as long as tom cruise is up for it yeah it'll be interesting because Tom, the the two sort of big question marks for that one, which is sort of the other big blockbuster of the next month, other than the Doctor Strange movie, is like, and and I should say, like, all the early reaction I've heard is that it's actually really, really good, which makes me excited for it. But um, Tom Cruise is not necessarily the the box office draw he once was. I mean, his, his movies do not, you typically do in, let's say, like, the last... 10 15 years have not done as mission impossible is really like the one area where he's maintained being a movie star now it's ip this is ip but then also the other big question is like who who do you think the audience is for a top gun sequel like like are we is the one worry is like, is this a property that's maybe being like overvalued for how much people want, uh, how much people are invested in Top Gun? Um, you know, who who is this that, you know, like the question of like, does, does an 18 year old care about Top Gun? I don't think an 18 year old cares, but I think there are enough people who saw the first one when it came out, plus mm-hmm. 
movie fans who have grown up watching it Mm -hmm. since then who are like, yeah, Top Gun. Like I remember that movie or I, my, my older brother or my parents were watching that constantly. Like I, I, I saw it growing up. So I can definitely see a bit, it being a big, like dad wanting to take, like, I'm going to go see this with my dad this weekend kind of movie. I, I don't know. So I, I, I probably agree with you. I think the movie is going to do really well, but I, the, the only two big question marks around it is like, I think what, what I just said of like, how much of, how are, are, is Paramount overvaluing Top Gun as a franchise builder or you're saying is, is it is it Terminator like all the the per, Terminator the perfect movies? Perfect example, perfect example. Where it's like of like Terminator is like lightning in a bottle. The first two are like these insanely iconic, like recognizable movies. But Terminator movies, at least the last several, I feel like the last like two or three, I feel like have not done well at the box office because there's just like not an appetite in the people are like I don't. They will want keep a trying. Terminator movie. They will keep trying right. to make more. Right, right. This is this is to be fair. This is only the second Top Gun movie. Right. It's been forever since we since the first one. So, yeah, I, th- I think it'll be fine. Yeah. I think I'm interested to see how big Doctor Strange does because it. This will be a test of like what's the appetite following Spider Man No Way Home of like I need mo- I need more of that MCU IP to set like I need to know what Doctor Strange is doing right after we just finished yeah. Spider Man. I'm I'm not worried. I feel like we're still in a moment of like pe- people will go see a Marvel movie. No, I mean the Eternals made less money compared to other Marvel movies but still quite a lot of money. And that was one that I think had very unrecognizable characters and was like pretty critically panned. So I I, I think if an audience is still even willing to like show up for something like that, um, I think, you know, the Doctor Strange movie will probably do fine. I am expressing this concern just having finished Moon Knight and Mm. maybe the most disappointing slash least interested I've been in any MCU yeah. property in recent memory. So that show really kind of wound up not being that good. I don't think I'm going to watch the final episode. Oh, okay. So I was going to ask, <laughs> have you seen Yeah. I no, watched the final I think, episode this I think morning. I'm kind of done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, it's, this is not a, this is not a, uh, MCU TV show podcast, but I, I, I watched the final episode this morning and it feels like you don't need to watch the final episode. We can, we can put a a pin in that for a spinoff conversation for when we kind of talk about streaming, but um, you know, uh, kind of looking, looking even further into the summer. Yeah. What are, what are you looking, what's your big movie that may not necessarily be on everyone? Cause I I feel like right now everyone's thinking about Dr. Strange, Top Gun. Those are the ones that are being screened. I bet the, the Jurassic Park movie will probably do really well. Both, you know, those will it be more, good. No, probably not. But you know, it'll probably that that franchise still seems profitable. Um, you know, there's I'm probably most excited for the Jordan Peele movie. Um, yeah. and Men, which well, is not going to do I'm, huge business. Men, but it is not. I don't, I don't. I think that'll be like a hard art house thing. But I hope it. I hope it gets 
some of the good like yeah. word of mouth traction, like everything everywhere all at once. Granted, this is this is a weird kind yeah. of horror I've, movie. I've but heard it will be very divisive amongst people who pe- people I have heard who have seen it in other cities have said it will it will be a very divisive movie amongst those who who see it. Is, Excellent is sort of what I've heard. Um, but yeah, I I think the 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 reception to the new Jordan Peele movie I think will be interesting. I mean I mean I he seems like the one of the few filmmakers in kind of that like Tarantino, Christopher Nolan zone of like is a brand unto himself and people are probably going to like follow him to like whatever he wants to do. Which um, is a testament to how good his his track record already is. That right. he, it's not like he has been doing this for. Tw- Obviously, people know him from Key and Peel, right. but as far as far as being a filmmaker, it's not like he has been doing this for thirty years. Like he is already so good and so quality that mm-hmm. you can rely on him. And yeah, you like oh the new Jordan Peel movie. Yeah, yeah I want to go see that. Like I don't even uh, you could not know what it is, and people you mention it to them and yeah. oh Jordan Peele has a new thing coming out yeah i want to see that yeah thank you for teeing me up for for Christopher Nolan though if i if i could just for a second here go, you did mention Christopher Nolan off. just to to talk about the status of the box office and maybe a little bit of the overstated concerns of where theaters were headed I thought you were going to drop some Oppenheimer takes or if we, something. <laughs> I, I, I will go see Oppenheimer. Hopefully, you'll be able to hear what people are saying in the movie. But I just want to remind everyone, Christopher Nolan basically had a temper tantrum publicly mm-hmm. complaining about HBO Max being the worst streaming service ever, and he was going to take his business outside of Warner Brothers, and you have you you have to go see my movie, Tenet, in theaters in the midst of the pandemic when we still didn't have vaccines and guess what? It didn't save the box office. And not only that movies did much better mm-hmm. during the dirt, like at the height of the pandemic still granted, yeah. we still, we had vaccines at that point. What talking about Spider-Man mm-hmm. and even something like free guy or venom too. Right. Did great numbers. Tenet, I feel like anyone I've spoken to about this movie or a lot of reviews complained about the theater experience of seeing Tenet because you couldn't hear anything that anyone was saying. And not only that, that their appreciation of the movie was heightened when they had closed captioning at home. So Christopher Nolan, I feel like either maybe now he's just going to troll us and lean into that even more where just you you can't hear anything anyone's saying ever. Mm -hmm. But my guy, I defended you over this up until Tenet. You had to throw a temper tantrum and like demand that we see, like we risk our lives to see your movie that wasn't your greatest effort. Your most ambitious didn't save the didn't save the theater industry. Not only did it not save the theater industry, it was better watching at home. And there were movies that came out after you that you could argue did kind of save the theater industry. Spider Man IP. Saved it a little bit more than Tenet did. Sorry, bro. Yeah. So, yeah. Looking forward to Oppenheimer, though. That should be great. Um. Yeah. I mean, well, speaking of this, like, uh, IP versus original thing. I mean, the two summer movies I have the biggest, I think, question marks about, largely because I've heard really good things about the footage that was shown at CinemaCon. Um, is 
Bullet Train, which is I I heard from the the Sony day. Um, it was sort of the highlight of the the Sony day as they played like twenty minutes or so from from that movie, and that's obviously the the Brad Pitt uh, action movie that's like all set on a high speed train. And it sounds like it's really, really fun and is like very funny and is like what you want from like a crazy, violent, kind of hilarious action comedy. And I don't know, another, another, it's like a movie star centered movie. It is, you know, on paper, it sounds like sign me up. That sounds awesome. Um, But will audiences be? be like yeah i want to see a movie about assassins fighting on a train like will that be enough to sell audiences on seeing that will it be a word of a mouth movie the other one i heard the hot it seemed like from people who were there the highlight of the warner brothers day um was the footage they showed from the boslerm and elvis movie um you know i mean was it just like Tom Hanks monologues? <laughs> I mean, I heard a lot of hype about the the Austin Butler performance as as Elvis, and then you know it seems like it will be the the Boz Lerman thing that he kind of did with you know Romeo and Juliet or um, Great Gatsby of like I'm gonna take this thing that may you may think of as kind of old and stuffy, and I'm gonna try and make it fun and sexy and new and exciting and um yeah i mean who knows I, what what are your boz lerman th- are you are you a boz lerman um, pro yeah pro? i'm i'm team boz okay i'm i'm sort of hit and miss with it like i like um i like romeo and juliet the like claire danes dicaprio one he did i like um moulin rouge i didn't really like the gadsby movie um but you know that was that was a huge hit. That love, movie made a lot of money. Love Great Gatsby. But I also, I have a fondness for that book. And, yeah. And just Tobey Maguire's my dude. So yeah. I just, I was all in. I don't think, I don't think I could have ever disliked that movie. I'll also say, speaking of great reaction so far, very mm-hmm. early reaction, Mission Impossible. Heard yeah. a lot of excitement around it. I'm, seen, I mean, I'm excited, but like that's, that's not till next year, though. I know, I know. Which, but... which also at the Sony thing, the other, you know, the Spider Verse movie got pushed back yeah. to twenty twenty three, and that seemed to be Sad. the other thing at the Sony day that was kind of the the big um, that people seemed to go nuts for and be like, oh, this is really exciting. Um, but the fact that these movies are kind of already on the horizon and they're mm-hmm. not until next year, I think, I think it is the the pandemic did this weird thing where. So much stuff was delayed mm-hmm. that now we are set up for a what should be a mm. good eighteen to twenty four months potentially mm. of like a stacked movie lineup week yeah. after like there isn't there aren't a lot of holes in the calendar right and you have stuff that is being pushed back still now but already I feel like it's been a good movie year again we haven't even hit summer movies yet. And it feels like because there was such a gaping hole throughout 2020 mm. and part of 2021, now we're getting a lot of releases. Top Gun was supposed to come out. Like, I did an interview for Top Gun <laughs> the week of the Super Bowl in 2020. Yeah. 
And like, even then it was kind of like, it's kind of weird that they're doing promotion for it now. It was still months away. And here we are in 2022 and it's like, it's still weeks away. Yes. Um, so that's just crazy to think about some of the movies that we were supposed to get in 2020. No Time to Die was such a long wait. Right. So, yeah, looking ahead, just in general, I, I feel pretty pretty good about, about the box office. And, Another- and maybe, I mean, put this on, like, you know, the, the Twitter accounts, freezing cold takes or poorly aged things. Like, right. if, the, if movie theaters just shut down and go out of business right. in, like, six months. Right. Or we get, we get to the summer and it's, it's you know... Oh gosh, people are like not return. Even if stuff is good, it's like oh gosh, people are not returning. They only want to go see like th- these small hand. You know, they only want to go see Lightyear. <laughs> it seems like people do want to just get back out in general, and I think I think that's turn, a lot of it. Yeah, that will that will help. And I don't I don't think we're ever going to get back to just like the Oscars are never going to get back to no. you know tens of millions of viewers, I think we're past where the box office is going to get back to full health. Mm-hmm. But I think it's maybe going to do better than we had anticipated coming out of the what was hopefully the worst of the pandemic. Yeah. Well, the last thing I'll say about CinemaCon and the theatrical experience and stuff, um, you know, I... I have seen, I mean, by the time this goes out, I guess like some people at like early Doctor Strange screenings will have seen it, but I've, I have seen a few minutes from the Avatar movie that is coming out, like not this summer, but at the end of the year. And it, you know, was very much the big kind of crescendo event at the the Disney day of the, the CinemaCon conference. And, you know, all I guess all I'll say is like, for as much as we've been making fun of this movie for the last several years, I guess we can't totally knock out James Cameron. It was sort of my reaction coming out of it was like, you know, I, maybe that move, maybe, maybe we're talking about like movies that are going to bring people back to the theater. Like it'll be kind of funny if what, what has it been? It's been over a decade, like 13 years later, or however long it's been. I forget if Avatar is like 08 or 09, but like James Cameron and his alien planet of 3D blue people is like the thing again that like all of America is going to like stand in a line wrapped around the movie theater to go back and to go back to Pandora or something like that. How many sequels are they making? Like, like four or five. <laughs> so, so I I would ask the same question that you asked earlier. Like, is this is this a brand that yeah the that the culture is demanding we'll that see. much more of? Like, I don't know if that if that time has passed. I, like, I feel I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know either. All all I can say was just like I've seen like a two minute like montage trailer of it in like. 3d on a big giant movie screen before i saw dr strange before the the press screen of dr strange they're like we're gonna we're gonna show you all some of the the avatar sequel and it it i you know i i still don't know the answer to that question of like i'm i'm probably with you of like it'll be interesting are people the same thing of like with top gun like is is this something that people are really cloying for but it did just have a moment after it was over of like, well, I mean, 
if if anyone's going to to make like the must see theatrical thing of the year, it might just wind up being this and and a, a movie that they already in in terms of like even like we're not going to put the trailer like on like you need to go to a movie theater the first couple weeks or whatever of Doctor Strange being out to to see the the majesty of James Cameron's images and I don't know which uh, which <laughs> that that concept is like exactly what I pitched for the Oscars to do like. Oh, we're, yeah. we're going to give you exciting trailers that you can only like we're not going to post them on youtube you can only see them here we're not going to tell you exactly what time right but yeah there it's not going to be online for you to watch also d- the screening for dr strange was in 3d no oh, it was okay. just like they handed us some 3d glasses and oh. we're like we're going to show you some of avatar 2 now because i was like, going to ask cool. if, if you felt it was necessary to see dr strange in 3d no or... i definitely did not okay. see dr strange in 3d <laughs> maybe would have been an interesting 3d movie but that's maybe for more details after people see the movie. I also feel like that that gimmick, much like I sus- suspect and could be totally wrong about Avatar, uh-huh. is kind of in the past. Like, just yeah. not. I I just not a hot commodity I thought, anymore. I don't know. I thought 3D was a dumb gimmick for years and years, but then again, the flip side of that coin is James Cameron, probably one of the like two or three people that made a. 3D movie that made good use of of 3D and the other one being Piranha 3D. Sure. <laughs> um I did kind of want to also just sort of flip us over to to streaming because it's been a rough few weeks in the streaming world with the Discovery uh Warner Media merger happened and there was uh you know we kind of talked about it a little bit on this podcast of you know them Discovery sort of taking stock of what what stuff at that company they did and didn't want. And one of the things that didn't want was um congrats, Quibi, you're no longer like the biggest joke streaming service because CNN Plus was like gone after like three weeks. Um if I'd never heard <laughs> the name the word Quibi again, like I would have never thought of it. I that down the memory hole. You know like, everyone who was involved in Quibi like saw that CNN Plus news and was just like <sighs> Like, like yeah, wipe the sweat from their brows. Like we Quibi is like, that's a time capsule. Yeah. Like 2019 kind of, yes. kind of like a, a movie, a movie pass time capsule. It's like, exactly. we never knew how good we had a it. very dumb business decision that <laughs> miraculously crashed and burned. Um, but no, but of like, and then that kind of coincided with the, the sort of awful last few weeks for Netflix with their stock kind of plummeting and the announcement that they lost, like, millions of subscribers and just sort of flooded the internet with all of these pieces and takes of like have we sort of overestimated streaming is is streaming is the idea of like this is where everything is going the idea of like the experience of just flipping on your tv and going into a streaming service that's going to be like the dominant number one way to experience content going over and the plans these media companies have had to to sort of branch out and push most of their content there do you, do you, do you do you have any feeling of like mm, maybe now we're saying that that was maybe a bit of a bullish decision and probably not maybe maybe we overvalued some of that 
I don't, I think the Netflix story is specific to Netflix mm-hmm. and not streaming as a whole. I think what's happening, I, and I feel like this isn't necessarily that surprising. We have so many options. Mm-hmm. So it, it seems like at a certain point we were either going to get to how much are people willing to pay mm-hmm. or how many different services are people willing to sign up for versus are they going to ditch something like a Netflix for another right. service that they feel is more pressing or they, there are specific things that they want. There, there's just, there's so much out there to choose from. And the joke has been for a while now that mm-hmm. like, not only can you even keep track of what you have to watch or what's out there, right. you, you, it's hard to keep track of what streaming services are even out there. And like, Oh, there's this one. I haven't even heard of that one. I, I saw a lot of people like, um, you know, like Matt Bellany at puck was pointing out like, last weekend or the you know the weekend prior to us recording there was like four or five new shows that like all came on streaming services like there was like the new david simon hbo like baltimore cop show there was the andrew garfield one that's the fx there was like some new netflix thing or i think it was like an ozark season final season dropped and there was like Two or three came out bear like two or three other things and like you you cannot possibly keep up with all of the it's just such a fire hose of content um and i think definitely for something like netflix i mean someone asked me at work like just kind of casually like why do you think they lost all those subscribers and i you know said like you know there's probably like small little things like the price hike and you know them cutting subscriptions and rush and stuff but like i think the biggest thing is Netflix probably internally and sort of in the larger culture probably has had a much more bullish um, business strategy because they were the only game in town. Right. And now in the last couple of years, we have HBO Max and Disney Plus and Paramount Plus and all this other stuff. And so now there's way more competition. And may- maybe here's here's a here's a question for you on this topic of like, what has there been anything... Here's a two-part question. One, what do you think is the best streaming service in terms of like not just the content, but sort of like ease of use and where like where like if you're home on like a Thursday night and you're looking for something to watch, where's usually like your first place to look on a streaming service? And the second part of that being the more Netflix specific question of like, do you feel like When's the last show or movie that you feel like Netflix had? Last piece of original content Netflix had that was like in the conversation? Squid Game was... Which is the fall. So like, right. that's bad. <laughs> um, for, for me personally, I would go all the way back to Queen's Gambit. Oh, that sheesh. Was, that was mm-hmm. the the last real thing that i cared about on on netflix besides like the rock and ryan reynolds movies which i I won't bring up here just which not which netflix says everyone watched but did everyone watch? i just i'm afraid for my physical safety (laughs) with bringing up ryan reynolds and the rock and gal gadot um to to answer the first question i would have to say hbo max and i'm sorry i'm sorry to christopher nolan hbo max actually my favorite, and I, I would I would put Hulu a close second. I'm just thinking about the the first one that I would probably browse right now is mm-hmm. Hulu, but 
there's always something that I know that I'm going to want to watch on HBO Max. There, there's stuff that I like mm-hmm. Barry right now I'm watching. Um, there's just all, there's always something that I know, like Netflix is the OG of the streaming wars, but like without Netflix, there, there may not be streaming wars, but right. to its credit, HBO has been appointment viewing for mm. a long time and that hasn't changed. And now that they, they did this bold strategy of releasing their movies at the same time that they hit theaters. Mm-hmm. It seemed to work out, at least in terms of getting their streaming service up and running. It was very confusing at first because mm-hmm. you had HBO Go, then you had HBO Max, then you just had people who just had HBO, HBO. Mm-hmm. And now it seems like they have streamlined that and kind of gotten their act together. It is a relatively user-friendly experience where I couldn't say that maybe at the beginning. Yeah. Um, Hulu also is very user friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like net. I mean, this is maybe a bit of a hot take for me. I feel like Netflix is the absolute worst in wow. terms of of in terms of user experience. Of like Netflix feels like going to a grocery store and someone has just like thrown everything <laughs> off the like. I I don't think Kroger. It's Kroger. <laughs> It's the one Kroger. I'm not going to name the location for like, I mean, I, who knows if anyone that like works at that Kroger is listening to this, but you know, the, the what I'm talking about the one Kroger here in town where it's just like, what did a tornado come through here? Like, why is this so disorganized? But like, that's what Netflix feels like to me. It's just like, and it's part of this Netflix strategy of just like, it's, it's everything all at once. And that makes it like, how many nights do you think you've had? Just like in in general, I'm not saying in like the last week or something, where like you pull up Netflix and then like half an hour goes by and you're like, well, I couldn't figure out something to watch and now like my evening's basically ruined or something like that. That's that's most nights. Yeah. Like <laughs> I I don't think there's a single streaming service that's figured out like a great way to do to curate it. Like the weirdly the streaming service that might have the best curation is like the criterion channel but that's obviously like a very like specific niche is that Um, your go-to is that that's it's usually that or hbo max but and i do think like i've heard i don't have hulu but i have a lot of family members who have hulu and the way they have that kind of made that a little bit more curatorial in terms of like here's the fx tab here's abc or whatever's on hulu um, HBO Max is like, you know, if you want to watch a superhero thing, here's the DC tab, here's the HBO series, here's our new movies, um, here's Cartoon Network. Uh, I feel like even Disney Plus kind of does that. I mean, I just don't watch a ton of Disney stuff all the time, so I don't, I only like resubscribe to Disney Plus, like if there's something specific I want to watch, but they'll be like, here's the Pixar stuff, here's Star Wars stuff, here's Marvel stuff, and it just kind of blows my mind that Netflix doesn't do anything like that. And I think that's because Netflix doesn't have any like specific kind of like branded content that they own. And I feel like that's another part of like why aside from like a few awards movies at the end of the year, like Netflix kind of struggles to get in the conversation either with like their movies or their TV shows like like think of what the Netflix shows are that are 
the most people talk about. Like Ozark, that's done. Uh, Squid Game, sure, that's like the one new one they've had recently. Bridgerton, I guess. The or Crown. The Crown, that's that's coming right. up on its final season. Stranger Things, that's coming up on its final season. So it's like they haven't been building new shows and new things in the conversation. And I think it's just because it's this like constant, like throw money at the wall, keep the fire hose going, just like bombarding you with new content all the time. And there there's nothing aside from like the week, something new comes out. Like they're not, there's no way to build word of mouth around something. There's no way to kind of keep something in the conversation. There's no way to different like whenever there's a new movie on netflix it blows my mind when i have to like search it in the search bar and it's like why are you not curating like why are you not encouraging me to watch this if this is like a new flashy thing and but it's just sort of in the pile of like everything to be fair to netflix because who who we we need someone to defend Netflix here. Poor Netflix. Um, Poor innocent Netflix. Yeah. I will also I'll throw in Bo Burnham's Inside as like another uh-huh. kind of like must watch thing that I felt that was kind of in the conversation. Um, but I think they, in my experience, they do a fairly good job of saying, "Oh, here's other thrillers or other comedies or other mm. movies because you watch this." I think that's fine. I but I think it is overwhelming with how much they throw at you that isn't necessarily organized in a way that other streamers do it. And I think this, this may be a little weird, but Netflix now to me feels like what cable felt like when Netflix came Mm. around where it's like, you can, it's very easy to just like have Netflix kind of on in the background you're it's just like, sort of aimlessly choosing right, something. Right, but it's there. there's nothing that like I necessarily need from it. Mm. So I think going forward, what it's Disney, it's Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, and Hulu that does the bundle. Mm. I think we got to start doing more bundling. I think that's got to just kind of like how you do your cable packages now where you have different tiers, I think. I mean, that's what's going to happen with HBO. That's what it seems like Discovery is wanting with HBO Max is like, all right, you get all the narrative content from the Warner Media stuff on HBO Max, and then we'll you'll get the reality TV stuff from Discovery and then but i need inter i need some- and then you'll get your news stuff from cnn which can be like an extra 5 bucks that you'll add on it doesn't need to be like its whole other streaming service but i would like to see us get to a point where we have like cross mega corporation synergy here where i can get hulu and netflix and hbo max if i want for a certain price mhm as a bundle, as opposed to having to get them separately or password sharing. I also think it, it shouldn't be understated. Like you mentioned Netflix doing a price hike mm-hmm. that may be a little tone deaf, especially economy's not, you know, inflation's happening. Mm-hmm. Do people really like, if you're, if you're, if you're choosing between, okay, well, Netflix is, is raising their price right now. And HBO Max has this show or these movies that I really want to see. Right. Maybe I'm just going to do that instead. Like they, you can't, you can't make those decisions anymore as the only brand in town. You have and, so much. And when you don't have anything that's like appointment viewing right. at the moment that and, you're like pushing week after week or like Disney Plus is or like 
like literally any I've, Netflix are really the only ones at this point who are just like everything's going to drop on one weekend or something and then they'll just sort of move on to the next thing right and and Netflix I, I I know this is upsetting for people but like cracking down on password sharing like yeah they could probably benefit by doing that a little bit like and it's like how they're cracking down on it is they're just going to figure out the accounts that do it and then they're basically going to like try and incentivize those people to get cheaper versions and then essentially those cheaper versions will be the versions because they've been talking about like they'll they're going to start doing like ad tiers so they think they're going to be able to win people over with like here's um a like six dollar a month version of netflix but you have ads in the middle of your shows and movies and then like the normal like fifteen dollars or whatever it is now is going to be the normal experience that you're used to and so they think they can eliminate the people who are just hopping on their mom's account by offering them this sort of like cheaper version with ads. And honestly, we should be kind of fortunate and like thankful that they didn't do this earlier because Mm -hmm. the joke has always been that everyone shares Netflix accounts. Mm -hmm. Like they, they've, they've known it's been going on. Like it's not like they didn't, they weren't aware. It's not hard to crack down on this. Like it's not difficult to see, okay, someone has logged in from a device Mm -hmm. on the West coast at the same time, someone is logging in from a different device on the East coast. Like that is not a difficult thing for them to decipher. And so again, not to be like hurrah Netflix, but I, I, again, I don't think this is like the death of streaming or that streaming is in trouble. I think it's just a matter of there's a lot of options and I really do hope I, I still value Netflix as what they've, kind of i guess the goodwill of like what they have given us yeah and like stranger things i adore stranger things i i will never take that like i will never take that Mm -hmm. away from netflix they they gave us that and they've given us a lot of great movies too and Mm -hmm. this is too little too late because i know they've already shifted away from this but i do hope that they continue on some level to make movies that wouldn't get made elsewhere or wouldn't be made by a major studio anymore i still want whether I love it or not, a mank. I still want to be able to have um, the Benedict Cumberbatch movies, name I'm forgetting now, that just came out. Oh, uh, Power of the Dog. Power of the Dog. I, I still want Power of the Dog to be made and to be accessible to as many people as possible. So, again, probably too little too late because I don't think they're going to be doing that much of that going forward, but I hope they still, they still do. Yeah. Well, um, before we wrap up, We'll do we'll do a quick prediction. Oh. Because because we didn't we, we mentioned some some movies we thought were probably gonna be what what do you think is gonna be because we didn't necessarily nail down one, what do you think is gonna be the big swing and miss of the Ooh. summer blockbuster season? If we're going with like what would be surprising, what would be mm-hmm. a, like oh 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 no. Yeah. I'll go with Jurassic World. Oh, okay. Because I think that has the most potential to be a swing and miss. I'm not saying it's... Yeah. I just... That one, to me, would be kind of like DEFCON, like, sound right. the alarms. Like, we did not see this coming. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Again, freezing cold takes. Let's yes. get ready. What about you? Um, We kind of talked about this ahead of time. It's going to a streamer, so I don't really know that it's, it's a dual release. I don't know that that really fits the parameters, but... There's, I guess, like a remake of Firestarter, which is based off the Stephen King 
movie. Um, horror movies usually do pretty well, but this seems like something that no one is really interested in. I feel like that doesn't count, though, because, it, I mean, is that expected to do anything? One more question here. This is not this summer, obviously. Fast 10. Is that going to be good or an absolute disaster? I forget who they picked as the new director, so I don't know. The fact that Justin Lin dropped out, that's a little concerning. Should we also be worried about Fantastic Four? No, I think they can find someone better. Okay. That's my take there. I hope that in the hands of the MCU proper, it'll it'll be handled... They should just get Brad Bird to do it. That's that's my that's my take. They yeah, that just, was your take. He what already was... basically made one with the Incredibles. Just let him do it. Yeah, you were like, what, what's Brad Bird up to? Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, that'll, that'll be kind of wrapping us up this week. Daniel, thank you for, for stopping by. Um, next week, we'll have a big episode on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Diving into spoilers, talking about the films of Sam Raimi. And in the coming weeks, we'll discuss Alex Garland's it sounds like bug nuts sci-fi potentially maybe horror who knows what movie men that is coming out and the jesse buckley stock continues to rise yes and we'll discuss top gun maverick 